and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. And this time we're going to try something a little bit different and see how it goes. We are, in fact, going to try something different. I'm going to run. I'm going to hide. I'm out of here. You can't. Yeah. I'm going to flee to the far reaches of outer space. You'll never find me. Oh, nice. Oh, but if you're heading into space, that does play exactly into what we're going to do today. It's true. So we have talked a lot over the the course of time about different game systems and character creation processes for those game systems. And tonight, what we are going to do is dive into fate. And even more particularly, we are going to generate a campaign and set of characters for Fate. And one of the reasons we chose Fate is that it has a collaborative component to uh, character generation. So there's a a kind of pass-around-the-table component to this generation called the Phase Trio. And so that's part of the fun. Now, if you're not familiar with Fate... There's a blurb back in in One Pilot Three Ways on the card catalog and the blog you should go look at. But if not, here's your, see, we do it in a minute and a half rundown on fate. (sighs) The concept behind fate is that the game is about drama and that all your PCs are exceptional. This is a role playing game about being a protagonist and about being active. This is done in a way that requires you to think about what it means to be your character. The basic mechanic uses fate dice, which is a plus, a minus, or a blank. So a one in three chance on a d6 of a plus, a minus, or neutral. You roll four fate dice, find the values, there you go. When you design your character, you're going to design in term of aspects. These aspects are adjective descriptions about you and your character in a way that they can be used by you for a benefit or by your GM for possibly a hindrance or vice versa. For example, a fighter in a classic fantasy campaign who has the manners of a goat could well have that turned against him in the middle of a, in the middle of a scene. Because, mm-hmm, <laughs> because the scenes are also defined by these aspects that can be used to improve or hinder those very roles. You'll see as we go through how that exactly works out. The higher a rank and a skill, the better a bonus to your fate dice to better possibly succeed, and also to have fun. Good job. Nice. Also an important an important aspect. Uh, an important aspect. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, fate is all aspects are truth. So if it is written, it is a true statement about your character. So that is something else to keep in mind when you're designing that. Yeah, the goal is not to hide the ball. The goal is not to kind of be tricky with these aspects. This is what's going to enhance your gaming experience and allow richer kind of gaming to occur. It basically combines the role-playing tendencies, the characterization tendencies, with the actual mechanics of the game. And so it's important that those aspects that reflect part of your character's background and how your character behaves are things that actually interact with the setting in the world. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. So how much have the two of you played Fate in the grand scheme of your gaming life? Well, I played a couple of games uh, at Origins, so. That was it. Hmm? 
Let's see. I have played. I've played about three sessions with um, a friend who is also doing his show. Uh, but I have run the best part of a campaign through two milestones and a fun Halloween one-shot, of which that one is actually on feed. And I've made a couple of dozen characters and gotten to play all of like two sessions in my entire gaming career. But I find a lot uh, desirable about Fate. I think it bridges kind of some old school crunch and kind of the newer wave indie narrative based RPGs. Uh, I think it kind of sits at, at the zero zero coordinate of, of uh, crunchy and narrative and, and immersive and descriptive. So Yeah, that's a. It's it's kind of the the end of the phase before narrative games really start taking off. So, the tentative name for this game for this this whole campaign is Galactic History Repeating Two Point It's a sci-fi setting, uh, kind of medium sci-fi. You know, you've, you've kind of heard us kind of like that. It's got a little bit of basic science to it, but we're not talking about, you know, full-on expanse uh, level of, of limits in physics. Uh, the M3 solar system of the Grand Spiral Galaxy is the scale, so potentially epic. And if you know Fate, you know there are game creation worksheets. This one will be made available through the doodly-doo or the uh, website, as will the character sheets that we are working on. So... We know what an impending issue is. And an impending issue is not happening in the first session, two, three, but it's one of those you feel safe is going to come up. It also functions kind of like a, an aspect where it can be invoked, which is fate terminology for having it apply to a scene. And that is one mistake can turn a Cold War hot. Tensions between the two main factions or uh, Interplanetary states, not quite nation states anymore, are rising, and conflict is beginning to look inevitable. Yeah, that, that sounds like a definite impending issue. As far as, as current issues, do either of you have something you think might be a fun immediate current issue for the the game and setting or do you want to revisit that after it gets fleshed out a little bit more i'm gonna wait i have an idea it's brewing but it's not quite there yet so i want to i want to wait for a little bit see what's going on and then i'll i'll re redress it if i need to to make it work with it what we got going on here. And for you, Jules? I'm sorry. I apologize. Everyone just artifact. I couldn't hear squat. We talked about the impending issue. The one mistake can turn a Cold War hot. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing if you had any current issues or if you wanted to kind of develop a few more things out and kind of come back to what's like the seed for the first couple of uh, sessions. I'd usually like to wait see kind of what happens because de depending one way or the other how everyone kind of i think because once we get into our character skin a little bit more and then we'll be able to at least look at it a little better i apologize you all sounded like <laughs> you sounded like sound wave on quaaludes no <laughs> not <laughs> anyway so with fate we'll come back to some of the campaign descriptions mm -hmm. and look at the kind of character setups now we've we've talked a little bit about what's in that kind of basic campaign idea so if it comes up we'll talk about it here but the first thing i think we can do is kind of go around and talk about our high concept and our trouble those are kind of the first two aspects of each character uh, the, the high concept is kind of the core character concept that usually describes a profession and kind of a place in a world. 
uh, wanderlust exiled monk, workaday police inspector. Uh, it's often going to be used for you know a player to invoke that to their advantage, uh, but also should be broad enough that it could have a downside if the GM is uh, being creative. The flip side of that is the trouble, and that's one of those descriptions of a character that, well, is more often than not a failing or a fault, but also at the same time, it could indeed be used by an enterprising player to their advantage. And so while my original thought was going in the direction of fighter pilots and daring do, I think we've kind of gone a little different direction. And so, Zen, if you'll start us out with your high concept and your trouble. Okay. So, well, actually, I haven't even got a name already. His name is Craig McPherson, the best fighter ship engineer and mech pilot on the station. And his trouble is, is that he's pretty sure he's not as good as his fighter pilot, fighter pilot brother. Nice. Useful. Also has a lot of kind of character packed into a few short words there. That was the idea. Because I figured he needed to fill a certain type of role, but then I also wanted to, when we had originally talked about doing stuff with, like, the fighter pilots and stuff, I wanted to incorporate those aspects, those elements of it in both his high concept and his trouble. Jules, what about you? All right. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I've come up with the last name, but I got the first name. Uh, first name Satina. She is a bleeding edge scientist. And the trouble is pretty much she's willing to compromise ethics and safety for the sake of discovery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can work with that. Well, dude, we're in space. That's why she's out oh. there because it's like there's a lot of extreme crap. It's like, okay, we're gonna stand here, we're gonna watch two black holes collide. We're gonna die. It's like, I don't care. I have to measure the graviton waves. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and tell, tell us yours, sweetie. <laughs> well, what I've come up with is, is a high sprung diplomatic attache by the name of uh, Kristin Komenich. Her trouble is that she is unfaltering and short-sighted. So yeah, when she's got an answer in her head, good luck having her take any other action. Nice. Nice. That'd be fun. I did, no, it won't be fun. We're going to get it done. This is something that just has to happen. Do you understand? No. <laughs> well, let's just put it that having you play that would be fun. Okay, yeah, that's different. Yeah. Because I'd also like to see, I'd see you go into like from, you, you go to like the Brothers Groggy rant kind of a thing. I'd love it. Just <laughs> because you have, anyway. The next part of fake character generation is what's often called the phase trio. And this is kind of the fun part. Now, we've already got two aspects, the high concept and the trouble. There are three more coming. And each part of this phase trio is going to add an aspect. Now, phase one is something about the first adventure or the first kind of uh, engagement of this character with the world creates an aspect. And mm -hmm. it's another one of those short phrases that can kind of be used to describe uh, the, kind of their relationship to the world or how they kind of function. Now, the best part about phase two and three is that there's going to be a mechanical session zero because you don't have control over them. It's going to get passed to your metaphorical left at the table. And we're going to kind of bind the characters together where we each describe another component of someone else's character. So, Zen, what's the first part of your phase trio? Hey, you're going to love this. So, he is approached by either... I haven't quite decided yet. Either the Confederate Assembly of Neo or the, the Most Glorious Empire um, to spy for the other in what military intelligence has on that other person. And I take him up on it. Ooh. And the aspect is called Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. 
Very nice. Wolf in sheep's clothing. I thought you would approve. <laughs> I do. Now, normally, uh, we'll kind of like fate says the idea is to kind of write down a paragraph worth of this adventure. You know, something bad happened. How did you fix the problem? Kind of developing that backstory. In the interest of time, we'll keep moving. Because, Jules, what, coming out of your first kind of adventure as a scientist, did you discover? Well, pretty much the way I actually had it, the idea is the way I got out there. I put a grant proposal out, had whoever pays me the most money gets my data. So basically, we, I had the opposing factions get into a bidding war. So it's like whoever pays me more, it's like, because, like I said, ethics don't care. It's like whoever pays me to fund uh, that you get the data, you don't get the physical results, but you get uh, you get sole access to the data. And what I was actually, and what I was, my proposal was finding a a type of way of strange of bleh, bleh, strange matter conversion, because strange matter, when it becomes strange matter, gives off a lot of energy. So how do we make that into a good aspect? What's our kind of, what did your character learn out of that that will come back? Excuse me. Sorry about that. It's pretty much as this is like money rules the world. That's it. Money rules the world. Willing rules the world. Okay. Yeah, I what? like that. Yeah, but I, I I had a bit if I said just said money rules the world, it's like duh. <laughs> well, no, but that's part of the thing about aspects is that they're supposed to be kind of broad and, and generic. And then like you described it, it got you to a place where you you'll take the payment to get the science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say so I give them the data. I didn't say that I ain't keeping a copy. <laughs> Well, and for Kristen, mm -hmm. for, for, for our high-strung high -sprung diplomatic attaché, some of her first kind of understanding of the way the world works and kind of dealing with the real politic of uh, what's going on kind of tied into her being willing to take a loss. Uh, she you know, was kind of sent to, to get some stuff done and instead made it look like she couldn't get it done for the greater good. In fact, she made a friend w with um, a, a deputy intelligence chief of the Confederated Assembly in this, and that helped her kind of decide, mm, maybe I'm not going to do what it is I'm supposed to because it would be better if I failed. And so her willing to take a loss can sometimes let her put things in perspective uh, in ways that, that people who are actively trying to always win might not realize. So do you have a name for this? Willing to take a loss. Or are you talking about the, the can deputy intelligence yeah. chief? Uh, Hildebrand Hiyazaki. Phase two in the phase trio involves crossing paths. Okay. And so this time, the group starts getting tied together. So we've got our basic adventure. In phase two, you now get to have a supporting role in one of our stories. So you could complicate the adventure. You could solve the situation. Or you could kind of do both. And in one way or another, you have a supporting role in either my or Zen's character's adventure. And so with what you know about your first kind of adventure and what you've heard us talk about, how do you cross paths with one of us? Well, for, well, 
for Zens, I the, the idea that I I think that would be kind of cool is like I looked at it and came up with a like oh here's a new for uh yeah new fuel formulation it doesn't wreck the engine as much it lasts longer um but it's a heck of a lot more volatile <laughs> and I didn't tell him that because I wanted to see how it would work. Would that work or something like that? Well, Zen, how does that work with you? How do you get that to kind of working that towards your story and, and, and uh, an aspect? So you could theoretically do that because my whole thing is about figuring out what military intelligence has. And since it's a potentially more efficient and effective yeah fuel for these ships that you know in the beginning we don't realize just how dangerous it is until maybe there's a problem with it so that could be I mean, that uh, or the there, thing is there, like what what a, kind of what kind of a uh the thing is like what aspect? Mm. I'm so trying to think. I could see that working to create the aspect of something along the lines of like trying to word it in a way that works of like pretty much is military intelligence is not always intelligent. Well, and is that one for you? It could be. Because that would kind of make sense that you've got that as another aspect where you keep running into kind of the, that nature of the bureaucratic beast. Right. You know, it's just like if I if I say, oh, yeah, brand new fuel, high, highly reactive, works great. We get that, 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 It's really experimental. And no one asks how many things I've blown up. That's military intelligence being dumb. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's an idea. If there's something else we want to try, that's totally cool. Well, I think that can actually work because he would pass that thing on, and then it would that could create the that could create. See, this can work both ways because while I'm giving information to them, and all of a sudden the position ends up with the exact same stuff. Where did that leak come from? And if they don't have the raw data, right. they can't well, answer your questions. There's there's the question of where's the mole mm -hmm. in the organization. So no, that does work. That creates a lot more drama in in it is, you know, because you're like, oh yeah, no, I have the I don't know how it got into their hands. I gave it to so and so. Well, I don't know. I just used it. You know, like this could be played out pretty well like that. All right, so how do we record that? Well, normally what would happen is um you you would kind of figure out how you fit into Zen's story. And it would be an aspect for you. Right. Okay. So um, the example in the Fate Core book is, you know, the player Lily has kind of a description of, of Landon's adventure. And she decides that her character helped solve it and that it was um, basically when she heard his you know horrible tale of woe losing his heirloom sword etc etc that got her to help uh, she got the aspect of a sucker for a sob story all right well the thing for me that would be it would be um oh god uh we call him smee subject matter expert so he gets like you know he comes across him what is this call me up i'm i'm your science smee if you pay me. What is your aspect out of it? What is your character's kind of, what could I as a GM 
say as a descriptive phrase about your character from that that would relate to kind of their ticks and how oh, I'm, I've, oh i got a bad pun for this but i'm like taking the mick military industrial complex i've got an in with them there you go that's it i'm sorry it's a very bad pun it's okay aspects i think are a good place for puns speaking of zen yeah since jules had your kind of story you get mine well this is really easy yeah you you, you you've got a military deputy that is you know you've kind of gotten an in with and he really needs you to figure out what the hell is going why military secrets keep getting out. Because if you don't, then, you know, there's got to be something, you know, you, you, you should be able to find your way around and figure out, you know, because that's kind of what you politicians do, right? Is just figure out who's lying I'm not a politician i'm a diplomat oh even better because that's exactly what diplomats do oh god yes you're right oh that'd be funny so what's your aspect out of this then the mole hunt is on <laughs> I think that works in a lot of ways. <laughs> and that's the beauty of an aspect is eventually if if we can resolve it, then we need then I get to come up with a new one to replace it. So Yes, that's especially yes. it through through if we could convince through a game that there is no mole, then this is a resolved aspect and a new one needs to be created out of all of that. Well, and a lot of, I think, what you've described then plays into how I got to deal with Jules' character. Because at some point, at some level, I'm stuck between having to find moles, but at the same time, there is this scientific grant going on, and I've got to make sure that everybody's happy. And I'm a diplomat, not a politician, damn it. <laughs> I'm a diplomat. Yeah, you're, you're, it's like, yes. yes, you can't bribe me. That one doesn't work too well. It's oh. like, no, yeah. <laughs> So yes, I'm a diplomat, not a politician is the aspect. It very much involves the fact that I had to smooth over without giving away the farm three different factions uh, in this process because it is not only not only that something is going on with this grant, but then I've got a attache trying to kind of help keep help me keep a war from actually happening, that whole Cold War going hot kind of thing. Yeah. And that means we get to phase three. We're crossing paths again to determine the next aspect. It's the same directions as from the previous phase, but with the other character. And so this time, the next adventure, the next component, Jules, how did you deal with what happened with Kristen Komenich? What what aspect of your character came out of the next step of that kind of bonding and knitting of our characters together? Oh, I got a good one for this one. Sit down and shut up. Pretty much, it's like I learned. Okay, when is when? It, pretty much by watching you, and it's just like it's like. Ooh, okay, he's a subject matter expert in this. I must observe. So I actually learned, I, I turned you, lack of a better term, into a, into a, uh, in, into an observation subject because I am watching how diplomacy works because it defies logic. <laughs> oh, oh, so much so. What do you think? I so like I watched how you did that. Well, and you ended up in a situation where I had to solve it. You were a complication to my story. Yes. Yes, I like that, which meant I had to solve it, which got us probably like something involving the, the result of the previous study. Uh, but Zen, 
in this yeah. time. Now, with respect to Jules character, who learned diplomacy is not always logical. What do you get as your third phase of the phase trio? Okay. So she has figured out how to basically play. She's learning how to play the right time to sit down and shut up and, and pay attention to everything that's going on. But because she was so intricately involved with all of this, all of the information, like basically everything that was going on with the mole hunt got kind of whitewashed by all of the, the grandstanding that had to happen. So while the mole hunt is actually on, I've kind of managed to somehow slip under the radar of all of it. Because who would believe that a fighter pilot engineer would be the one doing any of that craziness? He couldn't lead to a gigantic galactic war. No, of course not. So, you know, Patsy's come in all shapes and sizes. That, that is true. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah. And that leaves me dealing with, you know, crossing paths with your, your engineer, dock worker, and, and kind of figuring out, you know, what that means. And the biggest problem is there's only so much time I've ever got. I can't do everything all the time. And so there's sometimes that I just drink my weight in synthol. Kind of surprises you when you realize that I haven't stopped. And she'll at the table when there's another glass coming. I was like, I didn't know you could pickle yourself from the inside out. Interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing process. <laughs> and so I, I complicated and solved your problem by not only being something you had to deal with, but also terribly distracting in that extremely uh, glorious way of, of drinking my weight in synthol that I can see being used for both positive and negative. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So very much so. Well, um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but we've hit almost the half an hour mark. Now, normally, fake characters can come together in about an hour. So we can either continue to play through this or we could divide it here into a second episode. Just depends on how people want to do it. I think we should divide it into a second episode. We'll make sure we've got our skills and stunts ready. We'll come back with a, a kind of tight, fun combination and kind of finish yeah, it out. Skills, uh, skills, stunts, and extras. If we're that is correct. Right. Now, there yeah, is a couple of things that we should let people know. Now, normally when you start a, a fake game, you have a certain number of aspects. You have the number of phases. You have a skill cap. You have what type of skill system you're using. And you have like a refresh rate. And you have a number of initial stunts. And if you change or add stress tracks and default levels of things like consequences and stress boxes. So those are all things that will, I'm going to go ahead and just run down those real quick. So awesome. that something that everybody understands. So number of aspects is five. So you have your high concept, your trouble, and your three 
aspects, which we've just finished. Now, the skill cap, which is the highest level that you can start with when you're building your characters, is going to be great, which is what it normally is in Fate. And we are going to use the skill pyramid instead of columns. So you will start with, it goes one grade, three, one great, two good, three fair, one average. Yeah. So one at plus four, two at plus three, three at plus two, and four at plus one. And right. what kind of, what, so for skills, they could be anything like there's, medicine, there's sneak. There's, there's a total a of, there are 18 skills, which are listed in the game creation worksheet. And these include some of the, most of the standard fate skills like pilot or investigate, but also skills are things like physique. Uh, like contacts, like well, well resources, yeah, um, and so it's all of the things that can define the, the character for the purpose of this game. There were a few small changes for our sci-fi game, uh, such as you know mechanics being an actual skill that's in there, uh, pilot replacing drive, those sorts of of things. Knowledge instead of lore, it's knowledge. Yes, yeah important but those are listed on your game creation worksheet uh, if you have more than 18 usually you'll see you know a larger starting um yeah, you'll have cap, skill cap. or you'll and see the you're... columns option but this is digging deep yeah. into fate options which... yeah the deep mechanics of fate which we're not going to get into yeah yes. The, yes. You're, you're gonna roll fate dice and you're gonna add the amount of your skill to whatever your result is when you roll that. Right. Skills also are where you can buy stunts. So in exchange for replenishing your fate points, uh, you can drop your refresh to have a stunt. And stunts right. do things like, oh, in the rapport skill, one of the stunts is called demagogue. And so you get plus two to your rapport when delivering an inspiring speech in front of a crowd. Yeah. If there are named NPCs or PCs in the scene, you may target them all simultaneously with a single roll. Yeah. It lets your skill be extraordinary in some way or another. Uh, another example would be uh, things like called shot with your shooting skill. Uh, I those are kind of the places that you start differentiating characters. Now, there's also there's there's basically two distinct ways to do stunts. That's either like that, where they just get like a flat plus two to the skill, or you can also do kind of cool things, which is kind of you can bend the way skills work and taking like a a fantasy bend. You could use stealth in place of fight if you can sneak. Like if you, it basically you you create like a um, like a dirty dirty low blow, and you basically use stealth to hide your attack as you're coming in. So you would use your stealth in place of fight. As, your classic kind of sneak attack idea. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that's actually on Kristen's sheet is, is Mind Games, uh, which lets you use Deceive instead of Provoke to kind of manipulate someone's mental state. Uh, you can. The third kind of style is, is one that has a, a special effect for a scene. Uh, you know, once per conflict, you can stack an additional invoke on top of uh, an advantage. You can you know, have some kind of other rule changing or bending component. And so those are kind of the three styles of stunts to either get that plus two in a particular circumstance to kind of shift how those skills are working or to just once per scene or per session, do something special. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, Normally, you start the game with two stunts, but for this one, we're using three. Yes. And you have a higher refresh because your refresh normally starts at three, and we're starting with a refresh of four. 
So we're these are more slightly more experienced characters than starting characters would be. It also is a more kind of swashbuckling style game. It right. also gives you kind of an excuse to take big risks because you're going to get those fate points back. It will be you you get that resource back and you've kind of got more options, so it gives you the excuse to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, extras so. extras are kind of setting specific ways in which uh, stunts go from making a skill cool to making a skill amazing this is where in a superhero yeah. game you get your superpowers this is where uh i kind of stuck the the gene the genetic modifications and cyberware for this setting this is you know the schools of magic and they usually require some kind of like gated entry uh, like giving up a point of refresh or a certain level of skill to accomplish certain tasks and so here we've got you know cyber and that's a genetic modification in cyberware uh, which is part of the always the fun when you're doing sci-fi. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is no this this is why you are totally awesome, Amigo. This is why you're totally awesome. Uh, and if yeah. you go back and read the one pilot three ways for one of the NPCs floating around this very setting, you'll see an example of how that was used. Yeah. So will we come back next time? These Parts right here, the stunts, skills, and uh, extras. Those are going to be the things that we're going to tackle in the next episode. So, and we'll finish rounding out the rest of the world, uh, kind of yeah. getting you to see the rest of that. You know, kind of, we'll be on Vanguard Station between you know the Confederated Assembly of Neo and the most glorious empire of the expanding reach. We've introduced yes. the idea of Hildebrand Hiyazaki, but there are still several other uh, faces and places yet to be explored. And that's going to be part of the fun of seeing us build out a campaign in somewhere between one and two hours. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's it's going to be an adventure. So if you want to w listen to us go on an adventure, planning an adventure. <laughs> God, I subceptioned myself. Mm. Yes, you did. <laughs> if my head explodes, you all get to laugh then. How's that sound? I am going to send you a dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. Well, I guess until next time, folks. Have and fun. yes, because we're doing this generation, we're not doing our usual extras as well. We're taking it's a true. chunk of time doing it. Oh, mm -hmm. but I do have one thing that I, I, I wanted to do one. I have actually been watching stuff. Since you do. I've been out of, I've been away from my wife and spent the last couple of weeks while I was down here fading transfer that I finally got. You're kind of fading there, Zen. Speak into your mic. I said I finally got my transfer, so I will be moving very, very soon between now and the next recording story. So, yeah. Uh, and then I will in my new situation. So things will be sounding better. But, so yeah, I just finished watching Another Life, which is on sci-fi, or not sci-fi, it's on Netflix. But if you wanna watch some, some sci-fi that's kind of got some cool ideas to it, uh, some of these are really, really kind of cool. I wasn't expecting where it went. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised. And aside from one character, I like everything in it, except for the main Neat. And, and, and it's mainly because I don't know that. I, and yeah, that's just me because I watched her in, in Battlestar Galactica. She wasn't right there either. So I'll have to check her. That's I'll have to check me. it out. So yeah, but, it's fun. Uh, it's only yeah. like ten episodes. So hooray yeah, on there's that! There's a second. There's a second season coming, but there it's not. Obviously, I think they're still in filming. 
but I do think that there's another season coming because IMDb says that there's another season coming. Well, uh, as I... far as recommendations, I'm also going to recommend some watching because I'm putting in Buck Rogers in the 25th century. No, awesome. I did not choose these based on what we are doing in in the session at all. I'm sorry. No, I love Buck Rogers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that so much. Oh, yeah. Aaron Gray, Gil Gerard, very important. Mel Blanc as as Tweaky. He actually was the voice. (laughs) If you don't know Buck Rogers, I I don't really even know where to start. Um, Where do you think Duck Dodgers came from, people? Hello? Remember the Looney Tunes? Uh, Buck Rogers is the late 70s, early 80s version of the 20th century astronaut in the future who comes out to become one of Earth's greatest heroes. If you're familiar with the DC comic character um, from Ran, uh, I'm having a moment where I've just forgotten the space archaeologist who is a great character. Who, who um, Anyway. In DC, I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> I know, I know. But, okay, yeah. Definitely uh, Buck Rogers. Yeah, def- definitely look at Buck Rogers and definitely look at um, this kind of inspiration for sci-fi. And when in doubt, uh, Adam Strange is who I'm trying to think of out of DC, who is often paired yes. up against Hawkman. So now that I've shown that I'm losing my brain, Jules, <laughs> do you have anything to recommend other than Actually, rewatching it- Buck Rogers? Well, now I know what I'm going to barely be doing over the weekend. Thank you very much for giving me what I'm doing. But no, actually, um, one thing I came across, and I have fallen in love with these series. It, this one is called The Great War. It's a history series started by a guy named Indy Nidell. And it started in 2014. And pretty much what he does is it, it was an episode a week. And it was a week by week. This is what happened during World War One. It wasn't the whole thing. All I said, but this is what happened this week. And then next week, this is what happened like the following week. So it pretty much took this whole huge war, crazy war. And instead of the, you get all these years and all these peoples and all this, no, he broke it down week it's by week. Context. And he gave it pretty much, and it's week by week. So you, you know, and he's doing it. I mean, of course, he's alluding to stuff like this will affect XYZ in the future, but he doesn't, he doesn't time hop as much. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and, I fall in love with it. It's great. It's a way, and the thing is, like, if you have a wonderful, huge world, by watching this, it's amazing to think about how it's boiled down into, and by also doing the week by week, he's able to focus on, like, uh, okay, this is what ha- was happening at Verdun this week. Verdun, um, the, the Battle of Verdun lasted almost a year. It was like 303 days. But he broke, so it's like, okay, this is what happened. Um, and they have, and he he does like he has another uh, show where he does a Sabaton history, like the the metal band Sabaton. So the band describes the song. He tells you what the history is and what the story was. But I, I, that's how I I actually found Sabaton because I I found the Great War series and I just it's great, you know. So I've got, and he did pretty much from start to finish of the Great War. Week by week. That's so, cool. oh yeah. And one, I, I like the setup. It's not just like very luxury, but they have like interactive maps where, you, where you're seeing th- how things move, but not over the course of the war, but over like the course of the week, you could see how like these things a little shift. And it, it was amazing. And I kind of lost my, my brains. I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever. So... Nice. So it, it's great because it also shows if you know, you know, or interested in World War One and stuff like that, it's just like, but it's great because he's able to get so granular with it, but not overload you with information. So taking it, it's an episode a week. And I mean, it's done. I mean, he's finished that series, but you, oh my God. It's like, and I learned so much because it's like, all right. And then you can say, all right, how, what was the difference between how long when that happened and this happened, how long you can count the number of episodes? Oh, three weeks. Right. It Which puts it was, all into an actual context. Yeah, so it's it's seeing all the episodes, and then you're seeing, okay, I watched this. How many episodes back was that? Six? Okay, so it was about like a month and a half prior. 
So you can, it's easier for you to get, you know, to, to see the timeline of the war, at, at least visually and a quick way of doing it, because we never learned history like that. It was date, event, it was date, event, people, date, event, people, and there was nothing else. So, you know, so I'm excited. I'm, 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 I, I, I watched about part of it and then Steve broke his leg and I stopped watching it because he broke his leg. <laughs> this was, this was years ago, back in, in 20, uh, 2014 when he, when he broke his leg and I kind of forgot about it and I came across again. I'm like, I'm watching this all. So <laughs> cool. sorry, I'm babbling too much. So, but this was, I got to say, this was kind of interesting. It, the hard part for me is because I have what I have in my head, the idea in the head. We're trying to to articulate it so it fits the system a little bit better. Even though I've got like app, ah, it's like words. Damn it! It takes well, practice. And fate, yeah, fate forces you to think about your character in terms of, of actions and in terms of like the, those verbs. And it is a challenge to adjust to if you have not done it. And so I think you've done a great yeah. job. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing how we finish it out next time. Here, uh, here on Seize the GM. So until we see you guys next week, stay safe. Roll some dice and have fun. Bye bye. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.